Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs practical tools and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to be continuing our conversation on relationships. Today, we are going to talk about, are you ready for this? Today, we are going to be talking about sex. Yes, sex. Specifically, we will be talking about getting sexy with trust and establishing boundaries. For this, we have the pleasure of speaking with Natasha Weeb. Natasha is a senior managing partner of Fix Your Life Solutions, Inc., is a whispering coach, the whispers of desires, the secrets we hold on to, and the snide asides told to friends and family. She hears and helps with them all. Out of settling, frustration, and an unfulfilled sex life, through redeveloping trust, confidence, and communication, not only with partners, but also within ourselves, she helps her clients to have the most satisfying relationships possible. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, to be here and to be able to share light on this typically repressed subject. Yes, you, you, absolutely. What you said hit the nail on the head there. It's not something that most people feel comfortable about talking about. And this is going to open that doorway. And for me as a coach, I'm a very approachable and open person. So I've never, I personally have never really struggled with this, but I know most people out there get really squeamish when you, you know, start talking about sex. So hopefully this will um, open those doors for them. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what's transpired in your life to get you to where you are today. Because, you know, that's not just a, you know, a normal, you know, doctor, accountant kind of path in life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if my dad had his way, I would be a teacher. (laughs) Well, you are, you are a teacher, but just not in maybe his topics that he would like. Absolutely. So growing up, I had two polar opposite parents and households. So, you know, where many kids wanted their parents to be together, I was so happy mine weren't. (laughs) I loved having the big family on my mom's side, but I also loved the quiet and tranquility of being an only child at my dad's. And the balance of both strong personalities, the communication required for that, uh, being, I was the firstborn daughter in... Uh, in at least seven or eight generations. My dad thinks that I was the 10th generation. So that toppled with experiencing sexual assault as a young child and navigating the healing and reclaiming over my own body and sexuality led me to exploring loving sex, or sorry, well, yeah, loving sexuality, but loving (laughs) psychology and being curious about sexuality and having such a deep desire to help people. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you, you cover off a lot of territory in even your own practice right now with what you do with people. And maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that. Yes. So for myself, in years of bartending and serving in that history, I came across so many people who were either cheating on their partners mm-hmm. or extremely unhappy in their relationships. And this went with, with all genders. You know, people get together, they either have the wine or they have some beers and just the negativity. And I remember asking people who I would see regularly and hear the comments and just go, you know, so why are you, why are you still married then? 
-hmm. if you, if you aren't willing to work on anything with your partner, then why are you still married? And it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to lose, you know, I don't want to lose my house or, you know, we have kids and that's typically, yeah, the five reasons people will stay together is assets, kids, fear, comfortability, and just the, the unknown, right? Yeah, it's huge. part of their identity that they've identified with for so long. That's very true. And I have quite a few, like I'm in my fifties and I've had quite a few friends that have gotten divorced later on in life. And it's a whole, you know, when you've been married to somebody for 25 years, it's a very different world to go into to be on your own. Some of them were on their own for the first time in their life. You know, they had left home with their parents to be married to their husband. And this is the first time in their life that they've actually been, you know, physically on their own. And it's, you know, there's a lot of fear there. And, and, you know, in some cases it's not, there wasn't, they're always their choice. Right. So it's, um, but, you know, having said that, when I see them now, they're very grateful, you know, because they've learned a different path and they're strong in themselves and, it's, you know, they've had that opportunity to do that healing and learn from it too. Yeah. And it's, it's always surprised me at how sex is the first thing typically to go in relationship when sex is, you know, it's the glue. It is what helps a person spiritually, physically, mentally. Um, I don't know if I said spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it, it holds all these, um, it is the literal connection to your partner or partners if you are consensually non-monogamous or polyamorous. Um, so yeah, in, in that part, if that goes, it can be so hard for couples to reconnect and to be able to move past their problems and to remember the love and intimacy that they have. And especially when kids are involved because parents are notorious for putting their kids first, which absolutely children are important, but you wouldn't have your children if it wasn't for your partner. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people forget that. Absolutely. And I also like, you know, when, it, when you look at a whole marriage, even if there's no kids involved, I mean, I've been married twice myself and you know, it, it can be a slippery slope in a relationship. And I see this a lot with a lot of people where things sort of get taken for granted and you get taken for granted as a person. And then when those, you know, it's a boundary thing. And if you're not speaking up and saying something about it, then there's resentment. And then, you know, the first thing that's going to go, like you said, it's the sex side of things, right? It's like, we're not going to have sex. You're like, you just don't respect me. Or the opposite end is asking for what you want. And, you know, you could be not fulfilled by that person and don't want to say anything. So I'll let you take over from there a little bit on that. A hundred percent, even 110%. <laughs> the thing is a lot of people will get into relationships and because sex isn't normalized yet, mm -hmm. um, that's one, one, one of the movements we're making, but because it's not typically talked about uh, at the very beginning, people get into relationships and they go, oh, I'll tell my partner, you know, the fantasies or turn ons after but then it goes later and later and then you aren't sure because now you've put these judgments or biases or um these that self-talk that goes in through your head where it goes oh you know maybe they won't want to try that or maybe they'll think i'm weird mm -hmm. or um so so then they just again they they get into that role and they play this role instead of really honoring themselves what they like and 
by having that conversation at the very, very beginning, you get to know if you're actually sexually compatible with that person. And, and sex is a basic human need. So, Very much so, yes. Let's talk a little bit about your own experiences of what you've learned. Are you, are you married? For, forgive me for ask. I should have known that before we got on this call. <laughs> I think you have told me. Uh, no, I'm currently oh. single. You're currently single. Okay. Have you ever been married? I have not. I've no. been in three long-term relationships. Yeah. And then I, um, I took care of family for a couple of years. That's and right. now I'm going to Europe. So I have been focusing uh, on my business and loving life. <laughs> perfect. There's nothing wrong with that either. And I mean, I mean, that's a whole you know, dialogue in itself is just being okay of where you're at too. There's a lot of people that get into relationships just for the sake of having somebody in their life because they don't know how to function on their own. And even, even going back to um, my journey, what kind of brought me into it, the three people that I was in long-term relationships with, I love them all in their own way. You know, I, I still value them and their presence and everything that they had taught me mm-hmm. uh, throughout my life. They were all very different. So I think that was also what I was so intrigued by the psychology and um, yeah. And again, the communication that's required and the adaptability because every partner is going to be different. Every partner is going to have their own, you know, hangups that they've learned from parents and, and just, again, like most people call it baggage. (laughs) So, but it's each one of us has our own examples and mindset on even how we define relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big thing that uh, people need to look at too is how do you define relationships? How do you define love? And figure out how your partner does as well. And that will help so much in regards to how you two interact with each other and how you can make sure that your own needs are being met and you're meeting your partner's needs. Yes, absolutely. And I was just when you were saying that, it made me think of the um, five love languages. Yes. It's, it's, and it's that's an yeah, uh, the base foundation of it all. And I learned that book, I don't know, it's been around for a long time, probably about 20 years. Yeah, it, it's been around for a long time. And even like for me, this is part of my NLP training uh, where, you know, I can say the word blue and people are going to have a different perspective on that word. Some people will think of the sky. Some people will think of maybe their child's eyes or the water um, one woman during a workshop I had hosted, she had said sad and we went back to it and she had a really hard year. So every person has a different definition on every single word, depending on how they've grown up, what their experiences are. Yes. So when you ask someone, it's like, okay, so what, what does love mean to you? How do you define love? And when someone can say how they define it, well, now you've just understood that person better and you're able to communicate better. Because mm-hmm. you see their perspective and where they're coming from. Absolutely. So do you have any tips for our listeners on how to set boundaries? Because that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, we're, we've said out at the outset that it's really hard to talk about sex. So, and it's not even, okay, we can, we can talk about boundaries or on the opposite or the same side, I guess, is what you want. How do you go about having that conversation when you're, you know, your background is you don't talk about it. <laughs> That's an excellent question. Uh, so tons of the first part with, with boundaries. So with establishing, establishing boundaries in, 
especially in regards to saying, um, saying what you don't want. You know, if someone, no one should ever be called stupid or ugly. So in terms of relationships for that part, you want to make sure that you're honoring yourself by saying, I don't appreciate that. And not only that, but being aware by how that person responds. And it's, it's the same way as if, if someone, you know, wants to initiate sex and you as a person is going, you know, I don't really feel like it. Again, this is how you're going to set boundaries and also qualify people by how do, how do they respond when you say that? Do they try and guilt you? Do they try and coerce you? Do they, um, or do they yeah, make you feel obligated? So these are aspects to really check in with and to, to be really strong and present in who you are. First, you have to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to understand yourself, understand what you want. So even a tip by, you know, making a list, whether that's, um, whether that's mentally or I, I always like to write things down. I find so much flows through. There's yes. a ton of free resources and say like checklists or tests online. Um, one in particular is there's a BDSM test that you can, it's a free one online and it goes into, you can do a full test and it goes from like, it shows the percentage. So BDSM, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the hardcore, like super, you know, leathers and, and gags. It doesn't have to be, um, even to like the full dominating submissive roles but it shows into like the different aspects. So um, like, and again, your listeners can, uh, can look this all up later, but the difference between like primal or pet play or um, age play, uh, yeah, the dominant and submissive, whether it's just the, I mean, certain sexual positions are considered more submissive and dominant, you know, versus doggy versus girl on top. So each thing has like these small roles that we don't even realize. So I encourage people to write out, you know, what do you love? Find, find out what that is first, you know, by um, experimenting or whether that's uh, self-play. That's a great way to know so that you know how to communicate to your partner what you like. Mm-hmm. And for people who aren't, um, who aren't typically open, I mean, for myself, I grew up, both my parents were actually quite, quite religious growing up. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, sex was kind of, it was joked about, but as for like the actual, I'd say, um, not maneuvering, <laughs> but, but the actual act of it, you know, it's, it's such a personal experience because every person is different. Yes. Um, so it's definitely, yeah, an exploration of self and, and just saying, you know, it's, if someone doesn't feel comfortable coming outright and saying, Oh, I really, uh, I really enjoy, you can say, Hey, you know, I'm curious about trying this. Would you be open to that? And Mm -hmm. then, and then also letting your partner know. And I mean, sometimes it's, and you know, when you're first getting into it, you can elaborate and, and play up that, that noise, but just make sure that they really know that it's something that you like. And then it's something that they'll want to do more because they see your response to it. Yes. But both parties have to be comfortable with it though too. Both sides. Yes, absolutely. Every sexual act should be an 
empowering one and fully consensual on both sides. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being gay, bisexual, whoever your partner is, whatever you like, that's 100% beautiful and amazing. And so, so in this sense, it's just more talking about, um, about heterosexual couples, but yeah, definitely even same sex couples have their own things to bring up. Premise of what I do is all self care and, you know, sex is a huge piece of, um, healthy living and honoring yourself. And, you know, what we talk a lot about relationships in the work I do and boundaries and things like that. And, you know, sex is one of the biggest pieces of that. And that's why I brought you in for this conversation today, because it is, and it's a hard conversation for a lot of people to have. It's, you know, it's upbringings, it's all sorts of things, bad experiences, all those things come into, come into play there. But we're going to end that session, section of that. And before we go on to our uh, little question session I do, do you have any particular thought that you would like to leave with the important message, we'll call it, that you'd like to leave with the listeners before we move on? Yeah, I would say, you know, define and honor your boundaries, trust your intuition, and have fun exploring. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are really afraid to have fun exploring, I think. And even couples, you know, have that first person to make that initial, okay, let's try this and see what happens, right? And having that open and, and uh, trusting and that space that's okay to do that is really important. Yes. Thank you for all that juicy information there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that some of the listeners out there might be a, you know, a little shocked at the moment, but that's okay. <laughs> but it's, it's opened some doors for people too and opened some eyes and not just, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. So yes. now I love to do what's called the insight round. And this is meant to be fun, but I, you know, every time I say that, it seems to get a little bit serious on me, but we'll see what happens here. <laughs> so when you think of your whole life and your business and things like that, what was one mindset that was holding you back? That relationships and love meant sacrifice. Ah, so, yeah. With, yeah, with my mom, she went into relationships quickly due to religious reasons and stayed out of a sense of necessity. Whereas my dad avoided relationships and dating out of fear of someone, you know, taking his house, his farm, everything he's worked so hard for. So I really had to redefine what love was to me and how I wanted a relationship to be what I was comfortable compromising on and what I absolutely wasn't. So, and whether that was through relationships, dating or casual. Our, you know, our parents, for most people define what relationships are for so many of us. It's uh, really quite interesting. You can see the patterns go through families too. Yeah. So name one person that changed your life for the better. This would be my high school counselor, John Strudnall. And I don't even think he knows what, uh, what a difference he made in my life. Uh, I struggled in high school and he was the first person who I had told about my assault. And he was incredible at accepting everyone as they are. And when he retired, the auditorium was absolutely filled. Aww. People were standing along the walls. There were tears. Uh, he was so brilliant and seeing the magnitude of the impact he had on so many lives. That's what I had wanted to create. Yeah. Imagine the things that he's seen in his lifetime too, right? In that position he was in. 
Oh, yourself, yeah. and you compound that out, right? Yeah, and he, he was such an advocate, and I mean, he was the one who inspired my love of psychology, and, and I went into it. He was major in my mental healing as well, so. Mm-hmm. So do you, what is the best advice you've ever received from anybody? Do you have one piece? So you, most of us have lots of them, but is there one that really sticks out for you? Yes, um, from my mom at 17, and this was after a couple of um, ended marriages, but she told me, you don't have to marry the first person you have sex with. So we had grown up very religious and structured and that, yeah, when she woke up to her patterns, she wanted to make sure that we didn't repeat her mistakes. And I love her dearly for it. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, granted, again, I love the first person that I had sex with, but at the same time, it's, I, I needed that exploring and, um, and yeah, I, I, w- I didn't know myself then. And so many people don't the first time that they ever have sex or with that first person. So, mm-hmm. Very true. Now, of course, I'm all about self-care. So do you have one self-care practice that you, or one self-care thing that you practice regularly? I am always checking in with where I'm at. So mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so the questions on that I frequently ask is, is this aligned with who I want to be? Am I offended because of my ego or past, or should this be addressed? What's my intention? What is their intention? And if I'm blocked mentally, then I just ask my question on a piece of paper and write every thought that pops up. And eventually it leads to the core reason of why I'm struggling or what's blocking me. Interesting. I love that. That's, that's a great practice to have. Love it. I have to remember that one for myself. So now, do you have a favorite quote? I always like to leave these up in the show notes so people can be inspired. Yeah. Um, you know, the first, I mean, it's, there's two. So one is my own personal mantra that I absolutely love to live by. And it's not for me. It is for you. Thank you for sharing your perspective. Ah. So when I don't, I don't agree with someone, I, I love this because it just, it again brings me back to that everyone has something to offer and we don't have to agree with it. But it's such an interesting way to look at perspectives. Uh, And then the one by, not me, to not be egotistical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not sure who said it, but uh, the best math you can learn is how to calculate the future costs of current decisions. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I love that one just because it's, you know, so many of us get into relationships or we get into these roles again and it's like but if we actually look long term and go okay you know yes this is this is satisfying us right now but what is the impact of it what is the cost of you know staying in a relationship that isn't fulfilling or not working on it or not having those tough conversations uh what's the cost of repressing your sexuality for years it's amazing how long people will go (laughs) without it yes absolutely it's quite something. What book are you reading right now? This is my favorite question because I love books. I love books too. Um, the book I'm reading right now, I wouldn't really recommend it. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I've been recommended it by a lot of people, so they do really enjoy it. I'm, it's here, hit or miss. Uh, the book I just finished reading that I would recommend, though, is The Celestine Prophecy. Ah. And that is 
all about the levels of uh, human consciousness. It's written in a fiction, really easy read, but it's so, yeah, so beautiful. So I would definitely recommend that one. Okay. We'll put both in there. I actually have that, the other, the first one you mentioned, and I had a hard time getting into it myself too. It was okay, but it was, um, I'm, I'm curious. I'd like to read the second one though. So i prophecy. That would be good. And we have two more questions for you. And so this one is, what is one thing that you're most passionate about? And this doesn't have to be your line of work. It could be anything. Uh, it's, it's funny because my line of work is so aligned with what I am passionate about. Yeah, um, yeah that's okay, so, though. Yeah, I love helping people honor their desires. Um, so, yeah, like so many people will repress themselves or get stuck in these roles they don't want to fill because they haven't figured out why they got there in the first place. So helping people free themselves from outdated beliefs and teachings, embracing who they really want to be. Like I'm bringing world peace, one happy home. <laughs> like because no happy person tears another down. So when you no, think of very true. Yeah. So when you think of how collective this world would be if everyone was happy, everyone was be yeah, could be fully authentic. Like, yeah, that's what I'm passionate about. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. And you know what? Most of the people I interview and uh, that are around my world, around me, that's their, you know, mandate in life too, basically. You know, mine is about elevating all the women in the world. And, you know, there's a, a component of that too, where I'm very mindful because I also think that men need to have some attention in a different direction than what they've had in the past. It's all about educating as well. Like, and that's where that perspective, you know, there's been conversations where I've had with males who have started them fully inappropriate. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm sure we've all had those, those messages or those comments. And I always, instead of getting angry, and sometimes it takes, you know, some breathing. <laughs> instead of getting angry right away, it's just the, you know, how do you think that you would get the type of response that you're looking for if you had started the conversation a different way? Yeah. You know, or, or what makes you think that that's an appropriate first message to send to someone? Uh, so, so I always ask a question and I'm always open to hearing what they have to say. And then I try and educate. So in, in the sense of, you know, for, you may think that it's only one comment, but I've had this and this and this comment today. So I'm not saying that as an egotistical thing, but for myself, when I get a comment like that, I really don't pay any attention to the person who says it, but someone who starts a conversation about something, you know, non-physical about myself. Well, now they've provided something interesting for me to pay attention yeah, to. Exactly. So, so yeah, so I, I always educate on, on respect, on consent, on, on all that. Uh, I can I could do a whole podcast on that whole topic too, but we won't. that'll be another day. <laughs> so our last question to you is: Where can people find you? Website or what's the best means to? And I'll yeah. put it in the show notes too, so people have it. Perfect. Yeah. So my website is fixyourlife.ca. Uh, I am on Facebook as Fix Your Life Solutions Inc. Instagram, uh, Fix Period Your Period Life, or YouTube. Uh, if you search Fix Your Life Solutions, I've just done a series on qualifying your partner. Oh, uh, so that, that's also on how people can have these conversations and yeah, how they honor their boundaries. 
So I love it. Well, this has been such a juicy conversation and uh, (laughs) there's lots there. It's, you know, the whole premises is to find your space where you can be comfortable, set the boundaries, explore and be a happy, healthy person overall. That's the goal here. It's um, I thank you so much for joining us today and enlightening us in so many different aspects. For those of you that are listening, thank you for joining us today. And until next time, we'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariaconde.com.